A moment with a is united to condemn the tragic murders of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and every other black brother and sister at the hands of police brutality. This is a continuation of the systemic racism pervasive in our country since its inception, and we are committed to standing against racism in all its forms. We believe that to be silent is to be complicit. We believe that black lives matter. We believe that black lives matter more than property. We have a responsibility to use our platform to speak out against these injustices whenever and wherever we are witness to it. We have a responsibility to use our platform to speak against anti-blackness and police brutality, and we encourage our audience to be educated, engaged, and to take action. So welcome to A Moment With A. Hey guys, welcome back to my podcast, A Moment With A. As you guys know, my name is Akile. Hey guys, hey, 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 hey guys, my name is Akile. Welcome back to my podcast, A Moment With A. As you guys know, my name is Akila. Hey, 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 guys. My name is Akila. Hey, guys. Hey, 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 guys. Bye. So, hey, guys. Welcome back to my podcast, A Moment With They. The podcast is dedicated to elevating the dialogue on the topics that affect the lives of millennials. As you guys know, my name is Akila Hughes, and I'm so excited and happy to be sharing space and energy with you. So yeah, guys, <laughs> this episode today is going to be so freaking dope, and I'm so excited, but before we get into that, let me go ahead and introduce my round table. What's up, Cam Dizzle? Hey, girl. <laughs> <laughs> we got Camila here, my little homie. This is your first episode on my new season. It's a pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> Next, we got the second half of the Toxic Sister Gang. What's up, Dia? Hey, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> and next, Mr. Shansi. Hello, hello. Shansiology. Yes, Shansiology. Period. <laughs> so how y'all feeling today? Good. Numb. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Shansi went to the dentist today. Yeah. And I can't even feel my face right now. <laughs> so but. I'm here though. Thank you so much. For- <laughs> I thought it was important to come here, especially because the subject. So I'm like, yeah, I gotta come. Mm-hmm. So I was speeding down the road. I appreciate. Even it, though you told me to drive safe. <laughs> really? You did tell me to drive safe. I did tell you to drive safe. <laughs> I was gonna be here regardless. Okay, so of course we got to do a mental health check in. How y'all? We already talked about like, but really, how y'all feeling? How's your mental health? You good? Any? Problem areas that we need to hash out in this healing room tonight. I'm just vibing. Okay. <laughs> I'm in a good space. Dope. Like the ending of the year was much better than my beginning mm. of the year. Um, and y'all, I just got a word back Ooh. from Adam and Eve. Y'all know what Adam and Eve is, right? Yes. Okay. 
they want me to be an, a brand ambassador for them. Period. Congratulations. Yo, I'm so excited. Congratulations. So excited. That Congratulations. is dope. So excited. I just actually got the email before I got here. So I got to go home and set up everything. And I hired a life coach. So, so 2021 is going to be like. Yeah, you already start out good. Like, <laughs> New year, who this? Right. right. So I'm in a good space. I felt that. I'm so happy for good you. Space. Thank you. Oh, you know, you're like one of my favorite Thank people you. ever. Thank you. Okay, Miss Shanja. Honestly, I'm doing good. It was a post that said, would you prefer to go back to your ex and do 2020 again? And at first I was like, ex? But when I think about it, I really have overcome a lot this mm. year. Even with COVID constantly in your ear all day, every day. I actually can relate to what you went through at the beginning of this year. I went through the same thing. Mm. Around the same time you said you, you did. So, honestly, my end of my year has kind of been lit. Yeah. <laughs> like, really good for me. So mentally, I'm I'm doing pretty good. No, I love to hear that. I'm so happy to hear that. Um, okay, so before we all we move into our episode, we're talking about 2020, we're wrapping up the new year. We're about to have pods this. Yes, vibing. Mm-hmm. What has been the most impactful lesson you've learned this year? Sometimes death is necessary in order to live. Hmm. Um, January, I did have a miscarriage, and I think I kind of let that hurt lead most of 2020 for me. Mm -hmm. And instead of addressing the issue, I tried to bury it. But I tried to bury it without giving a eulogy. Mm -hmm. And eulogies are important because eulogies usually close a chapter or make it real in a sense um and I've kind of learned to look at death in a in a different in a different light than just losing something that can never come back Mm -hmm. sometimes it's necessary to lose that part that you thought you needed at the moment Mm -hmm. in order to propel you to where you're supposed to be so I think that was the most impactful thing I've learned this year death is necessary I think that um, for me, it was mostly because I just, I assumed that God wasn't there for me because of things that I had been through. But he really showed up and showed out in places and times where I really, really needed him. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize it until I was like, for a whole year now, you've been been able to take care of your children, take care of your bills. You have your own place. You have two cars now. And things have been provided for me that I didn't even deserve. And it was just, I was just given to me, just handed to me. And it made me kind of, like, realize that I had turned my back on God, but he hadn't turned his back on me. And so a lot of it. That's a I was Yeah, like, so a lot of it was, like, when I was sitting there, um, to just, just to instance, I got a um, job interview for more money. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, even if I don't get it, it's still an opportunity. And I have to constantly remind myself that God has provided for me in times that I didn't believe in him or I didn't come to him. So, honestly, it kind of humbled me a lot. And it made me realize that it's more me than it was anybody else in my life when the things wasn't going right. So, that's kind of how 2020 has been impactful for me, pretty much. And no, no, I'm not about to cry. It's just because my face, mm-hmm. <laughs> it just look crazy. And I can't really talk, like, feel it. So, that's why I look sound like this in my defense. I just want to say that. 
You sound fine. I do. Yeah. I just feel like I sound crazy. Like I, I still sound the same. That's what you're saying. No, like yeah, you okay. sound good. Like you okay, sound, good. Okay, sound okay. fine. I'm sorry. What about you, Kim Dizzo? Uh, with a lot of traumatic events that you know happen this yeah. whole year. Uh, for me, it was just knowing that I have myself, and I think from 2019 to 2020, emotionally and just like mentally, I changed so much. Can you hear me? Okay. Just how, like, how much more respect and self-love I have for myself. Yeah. Because that was important for me. Because, you know, what I went through my relationships, friendship-wise, and romantically, like, and just being betrayed by people who I thought, like, actually cared about me. And I ended up, like, learning that I have myself as much as I also have my friends. But, like, I come first, and Mm -hmm. I need to learn how to take care of myself before anybody else can take care of me. Mm -hmm. So that was, like... That meant a lot to me that I can, like, rely on myself for once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. I love this. Mm-hmm. Like, this reflection <laughs> and finding positivity <laughs> and light in dark situations, it just means, like, everything. But uh, I guess I should answer the question, mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, in, the, in regards to the first one about mental health, um, mental health-wise, I'm good. You know, like, I don't – I feel like it's always such a blessing to not have any, like, real – life-threatening concerns like Mm -hmm. I have a roof over my head my bills are paid my bills have been paid all year like God has not skipped even when I went through that season when I was quarantined because when I kept saying I was jobless Jobless. (laughs) 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 because I was quarantined for 14 days like God still provided but um now I'm just dealing with this transition because I got another job so starting in January I'm going to be working 67 hours a week and then just still f- trying to find time to, well, no, because God comes first. So mm-hmm. figure out how to work all of that around my church schedule and then podcasting and things like that. That's probably my biggest concern right now. But that's still a great concern to have. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. God is just so great, and he just looks out. And that leads me, I think the most impactful lesson I've learned is that on the other side of obedience is favor. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So when I'm, because when, when God tells me to do something, like do it when he tells you to do something when he tells you to move you move because on the other side of that mountain is favor like he's mm-hmm. got you he's gonna take care of you he's gonna cover you and your girl is just a god's girl like period a <laughs> kingdom, kid, <laughs> kingdom right? kid so that's probably the most um impactful lesson that i learned and you look good Thank like your you. body is getting snatched so. <laughs> like, whatever diet you want just slide it over here a little bit <laughs> That's just the, I don't let niggas stress me out. Oh, diet, like. okay, well then. <laughs> that's I can't relate. Nobody's dusty sun. Um, and that's really it. So. I get it. I get it. <laughs> but, um, so y'all, today's episode is going to be called Daddy Issues. Dun, dun, dun. Headass. <laughs> <laughs> No, but in all seriousness, we're going to really dive into, and this is just going to be the surface level of daddy issues because there's so many different layers of them. We were talking about this before we started recording. So many different layers about daddy issues and how they originated, how they come about. Like, what does it really mean to say, like, oh, I have daddy issues? So, yeah, we about to talk about this. Okay. <laughs> we about to dive into this. So, first question. When y'all hear the words daddy issues, where does your mind go? Like, what do you think about when you hear those words? Um, Lack of protection. um, Horrible relationship with men. Mm. You just automatically 
assume that if a woman has daddy issues, she can't keep a man. Or mm. she can't maintain a man. Or she don't see herself as the problem versus him being the problem. I think of a lot of things when I think of daddy issues. Mm-hmm. Also, I think of a little girl who mm-hmm. hasn't faced her issues with having daddy issues. So a lot of it comes into play. And generational curses, too, because... Most of the time, your dad didn't have a dad, and that's why he didn't. His dad didn't have a dad. Right, yeah, so I think of those things, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, I think it's just being an an angry black woman. That's what I get. Or just being angry at men, period, for not having that energy in your life. So that's that's the first thing I think about when somebody says, oh, you got daddy issues, you just... Mm -hmm. Angry as woman, so that's what I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I mean, I agree b- with both of you, but also how people nowadays use that just like they throw it out like anything. Mm-hmm. If a woman's toxic, oh, you have daddy issues, right? Mm-hmm. Or she likes like a certain, um, like if a woman likes older men, oh, you have daddy issues, you know? Yeah. But like they don't take in consideration like women who actually do have daddy issues. Mm-hmm. So the word is just like so played out and mm-hmm. it's actually become something sexual if you mm-hmm. think about it, right. That's the way I see it. I feel like um, daddy issues is in the same arena with, like, words that are played out with, like, toxic Mm -hmm. energy (laughs) manifesting. (laughs) Uh, Or people who use, like, words like anxiety Mm -hmm. or depression. Or manic. Yes. When just to kind of, like, be in style. Right. Mm -hmm. Trend. You know, and it's so inconsiderate to people who actually battle these issues. Like, how rude are you? But... When I think of daddy issues, my mind automatically thinks about women mm-hmm. and um, sexual. Mm-hmm. Uh, trust issues. Mm-hmm. You know, like these are the words that I think about when I think of think of like the phrase daddy issues. And even when I was doing my research, it's just a lot, even that word, like, daddy issues, a lot of, like, experts don't like to use because it's often generalized with, like, women. Mm-hmm. As if men don't have issues with their fathers as well. It's right. Sad. You know, or even, like, what Camila just said about how, um, oh, well, if she likes older men, girl, you must have daddy issues. Mm-hmm. Or if she enjoys sex or if she's, like, if she wants to show her body, oh, you don't respect yourself because of your relationship with your father. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, right, damn, how right. we get here? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Maybe I just like daddies. Like, why do I have to have, you know, like, father, an issue with my father to be this way? But, mm-hmm. yeah. So, what would be your definition of daddy issues? If you were to phrase that into, like, a sentence. Daddy issues are this. I would say, like, in a personal way. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for me, daddy issues would be not having a relationship with my father and just, like, being hypersexual at such a young age mm. and in just until up until this year, like needing a man's approval for me to feel mm-hmm. like I am enough. And if I feel like they're mad at me, then like I'm doing something wrong because mm-hmm. I never had that with my dad, you know? Right. Personalize um, it. Absolutely. For me, I think it would be, um, not knowing how to approach men in certain situations because you never had, that relationship growing up like I grew up with a single single mom Mm -hmm. now she's dated men but they weren't along they weren't around long term Mm -hmm. for me to even figure out 
what type of dynamic a man and a woman are supposed to have with mm-hmm. each other. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to speak to this man. I don't know how to cater to this man. I don't know how to operate in that energy with this man because yeah. I didn't have it. So that's daddy issues for me. Mm-hmm. For me, I would say if I was personalizing it, I would say it would have a lot to do with my relationship with my dad and then also how it reflects my relationship with men Mm -hmm. and determining not to have that same relationship. So anybody that remotely reminds me of my dad, I try to dismiss them. Yeah. And it's funny because I just must try to dismiss them. They actually come, they actually get closer to you. They, they fight, they push through to get to you more than the men that are the opposite of your dad. Mm. And so for me, my dad issues are just there. Like they, like they don't want to go away. And so I love my dad to death. I love him to death. But if I had to pick a man, it wouldn't be my dad to marry, mm-hmm. to be with. And most most of the time, women pick their dads to marry. So for me, that would be. So um, I was doing my research, and I wanted to find, like, the official definition of daddy issues. Mm-hmm. And because it's not, like, an actual thing, I guess the proper phrase would be father complex. Mm, okay. So I had to go to Urban Dictionary. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so an Urban Dictionary really cracks me up. Like, it is so funny. But so for the Urban Dictionary um, definition of daddy issues, it's when a girl has a messed up relationship with their dad. Usually the father's fault. Either he left or he's acting like a total bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Urban wrong. Dictionary is so ghetto. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so ghetto. Right? <laughs> I hate y'all. <laughs> But then I went to dictionary.com for, like, you know, a professional (laughs) (laughs) definition. And um, according to dictionary, daddy issues is an informal phrase for the psychological challenges Mm -hmm. resulting from the absent or abnormal relationship with one's father, often manifesting in a distrust or a sexual desire for men who act as father figures. Mm. Hmm. That's deep. Isn't it? Yeah. It is. Yeah, it really like and I was just talking to someone about (laughs) I was talking to someone about this yesterday because I can relate to you about what you were saying about being um, hypersexual as a child. And for me, it was because I I didn't have a dad like you try to fill this void Mm -hmm. with what is supposed to be there, because when you're growing up as a child, those relationships matter the most. Mm -hmm. They set you up for life. So not having a dad, your girl is just out here. In these streets. <laughs> but um, what was your relationship with your father like as a child? Um, I was the, the kid out of wedlock. Mm-hmm. So my dad was married. I have three older siblings, and they all had the same mom. And then my dad met my mom on some sneaky link type shit. Mm-hmm. And boom, here I go. So I was outcasted. Mm-hmm. So it was... I didn't get a relationship with my father until his wife was ready to let him be in my life. So it was him sneaking over to see me when his wife was out of town or she wasn't around. And then when I was able to actually come around him and his wife and my older siblings, I kind of got treated like this, the, the ugly stepchild, like, you're not mine. Mm. Yeah. So she would say little little things to, you know, fuck with me or, like, the kids would eat one thing and I would get fed something totally different. Mm-hmm. 
and it was like you, you he had, he allowed it to happen. Mm. So it got to a point where I just told my mom I don't want to go over there. Like if that's the only way I could have a relationship with him, I would rather not have a relationship mm. because when he's here, he's loving me, he's doing this, he's doing that. But when I'm there with them, it's just like, oh, she's just here. So that was that was my relationship with my dad growing up. Yeah. How are you going to be mad at the, at, right. the, at the child? At the kid. Because your nigga <laughs> stepped out on you. That has nothing to do with the child. Yeah, so it was always that growing up, like, uh, well, you can come over, but, you know, you have to abide by certain rules. You have to do this. You have to do mm. that. You know, I can't. You he he wouldn't show me the same type of affection that he showed my other siblings because they belonged to her and mm. here I was this oh some random woman that he slept with and boom the kid is here you're mine but not really not really yeah that that's the type of energy I grew up with so mm. that 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 put that instilled a lot of anger in me to this day it's still like you allowed it to happen. Regardless of what you and my mom had going on, I had nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. But you allowed your wife to treat me like shit in the comfort of your home mm-hmm. when I was away from my family trying to get to know you and your family. And that's kind of why I have a difficult relationship with my family side of the family. Like, my, with my dad's side of the family, it's just like, okay, they're there, but I don't I really, don't know y'all. I don't know y'all. Yeah. And as I've, as I've gotten older, you know, I get shamed a lot because they're like, well, we're your family, too. I really didn't have a, I really didn't get the chance to get to know you guys. Yeah. And as I'm older, like, it's just awkward. And mm-hmm. I don't I don't want to force relationships just mm-hmm. for the sake of being family. If I'm not comfortable, I'm not comfortable. And that's that. But that's my that's how I grew up with my dad. Hmm. Yeah. Rough. <laughs> <laughs> rough. Yeah, that's that's rough. Um, for me, my dad. Um, so he he wasn't there. So what happened is like my stepmom or my grandma would pick me up, and then he will be at work. Mm-hmm. He works. He's like a. He still to this day is a workaholic. Like he's always at work. So to him, by me being just in the presence of his family, that means he was there, and I wasn't mad at him. I can't even say that I was. I, it was times that he disappointed me constantly, constantly, constantly. And then once, once I got older, and I lived with him at one point when I was pregnant with my son, I got, I got to really know who my dad was, and it made me have this just understanding. This is just who this, who he is. And I also got to understand that his dad wasn't there either. And it's crazy because my dad is like fifties odd years old now. My dad, my granddad is living with him. My dad now. So he didn't even grow up with his dad, and he constantly wanted that. You could tell he wanted that relationship because he would never, he would bring him around constantly, even though his dad was a horrible dad to him. So I kind of just got this understanding. But as far as our relationship goes, he just, he disappointed me a lot. Um, When it comes down to doing what he said he was going to do, he never did it. When it came down to protecting me um, physically and emotionally, he didn't do it. And so a lot of it, because like, I, I always had, like, a really, really sensitive spirit. And so he would come around to be there try to discipline me, but he wasn't there for anything else. And so mm. it got to the point where it, those tears started drying up, and I would just lose respect for him. And so those type of relations that we had, I mean, I, I still loved him because I knew that he was there only because my grandma was there and my stepmom was there, but he wasn't physically there. 
And so he he know he wasn't, but I think he tried to do the best that he could due to the resources he had growing yeah. up. So, and that's such an adult like conclusion to come mm-hmm. to when you're on your healing journey, yeah. realizing like shit. My parent they had their own trauma. Yeah, mm-hmm. not that that's an excuse, but it mm-hmm. makes you a little bit more empathetic, right? You know, like damn, because yeah, that that hurt and that anger turned to oh, okay, I get it. And mm-hmm. so it's just the time with me not to to drag that into my children as mm-hmm. well. So yeah, so definitely, definitely healing from that. I love that little bald head man, but still, he was raggedy. He was raggedy. <laughs> he was raggedy. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Kim Dizzo? Um, I had a relationship, like a good relationship with my dad, up until third grade, and because I lived in a very uh, physically abusive home, mm-hmm. never towards the children, but my my mom. Although I love both of my parents. Uh, my mom was very uh, physical with my dad. Mm. So it was really bad. It was a lot of brainwashing. And I was, what, third grade? How old are you? You're like seven. Like eight. Eight years mm-hmm. old. And I've always been very sensitive. You know this. Like, I'm a very sensitive Me person. Too. I will cry for anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that also, like, developed my anxiety. And both of my parents uh, knew about it, but they didn't, like, they didn't acknowledge it, especially mm-hmm. coming from a Hispanic household. Mm-hmm. Like, mental issues or mental illness is not a thing so then my dad left and then after that i don't think i had a relationship with him until i was 15 in ninth grade Mm -hmm. so my dad was out of my life for all those years and for him it was a joke because he would come and leave child support he would just laugh and be like whatever but then he was like the best father to my sister and to my brother until now like he always puts them first and me last because i think he has like this whole grudge against me that, like, he thinks I chose my mom. But I'm like, it's, the parents should never have to put the children in the middle. Mm-hmm. But that's exactly what they do. Right. You know, they use us as, like, pawns. pawns. Yeah, yeah, like pawns. And basically, that was me. So, my relationship with my father was, uh, I wouldn't even call it a relationship because it was only until I was in third grade. So, you don't really know much, mm-hmm. you know? I didn't learn much. I didn't learn nurture. And then now, it's just like, that's my dad, but that's not my parent. Mm-hmm. That's the way I see it. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy that your mom was the abusive. Oh yeah, <laughs> my mom, my mom once threw a a hot uh, tea kettle at my dad. Oh, I, my mom's scary. <laughs> 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 okay, I grew up with that. <laughs> I'm, nice, I'm really nice. <laughs> I'm really nice, <laughs> Bro, <laughs> People have no but, chill. <laughs> At all. No, I can't even forget because I've thrown a TV at a man before like that. You know what? We're not even surprised. <laughs> but why the tea kettle was hot? <laughs> she was making tea. It was nighttime. He had he had told her she was crazy. <laughs> we so don't she like that it. word. Well, my dad once said that my mom was crazy and that I was crazy. Oh. And this was when we started talking again when I was like 15. I didn't talk to him again for two more years. Just because he called me crazy and my mom... <laughs> I was like, you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> we hate that word crazy. Yeah, I don't know. And then we turn around and become crazy. And do some right. crazy and shit. And do some crazy shit. Because like, you caught me crazy. Right. I'm going to show you crazy. <laughs> right. Like, the nerd. Like, seriously. I oh, hate when you call crazy. Oh, don't call me that. Y'all, I'm sorry. That just really caught me off guard. <laughs> Hot tea kettle. Because you know how they keep the tea. They be like, she just put their hand up. She didn't care. She Right. Yo, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, 
My dad was 18 when he had me. A whole jet out here in these streets. Yeah, he was a whole baby. A whole jet. <laughs> but um, I didn't meet my dad until I was nine. <laughs> so, like, yeah. So, basically, when I was born, my dad was in prison because he's, he's, he's a thug. He's about that life. Mm. That's where you get it from. Girl, which is so funny because, no, my dad is a real-life thug in these streets. And you met my mom. She's so, like, bougie, but, like, hood bougie. Mm-hmm. And then you just get a key like, <laughs> <laughs> Balance. Like, how did this happen? <laughs> Balance. Pretty much. But um, I met my dad when I was nine. And so probably leading up until I was nine, I just, and my siblings just always had to let me know that I didn't know who my dad was. Like, <laughs> Are you the oldest? Siblings are petty, no. bro. I hate uh. that. Sorry. That's when you'll know who your daddy is. Dang. <laughs> like, they ain't shit, bro. Nigga, like, I'm the okay. fourth. I'm the, right, I'm the fourth of six. Oh, okay, okay. But I was the black sheep. I'm the. I was the black sheep of my family, and they just we didn't always click. Okay. Like, they were haters. Thank you. <laughs> <Fucking> haters. <laughs> but I was always bullied about that. That I didn't know who my dad was. So, mm. yeah, it used to hurt me because, like, you know, like when you're a kid. It's a void. Mm-hmm. It you know, is. you have your mom there. And I feel like the middle children get overlooked. Girl, I'm they the always child. Mm-hmm. I'm the middle child. And yeah. I feel like, well, even, you know, there were six of us. It was in my, it was just my mom. My mom's a single mom. So mom's up there working. Like, she didn't have time to be at home with us and being emotional. And mm-hmm. she tried to provide, you know. Right. So we, I feel like in a way, um, I kind of had to raise myself in certain ways. And then being the middle child, I feel like I just had to take care of myself, you know? So I met my dad when I was nine, and I was hella geek, like, yo, I got a dad now. <laughs> this shit lit. <laughs> I remember the first day I met my dad. I was a cheerleader at the time still, so I was, like, showing him cheers, like, hey, dad, look, I'm a cheerleader. <laughs> showing off. <laughs> look how cool I am. <laughs> And then he bought me some fireworks. He did? Because it was the 4th of July. Okay, Okay. let me get serious. (laughs) But, um, and then I remember I started going, I started, like, developing an actual relationship with him. Maybe when I was in the 5th grade, that was when he would, like, start to buy me clothes and start to be, like, a dad, Mm. you know? So at this point, I'm like, yo, this shit is lit. Like... (laughs) This is what I've been missing. Yeah, like yo, I got two parents. Like I got a mom and a dad. Like I'm like I'm on cloud nine because I'm like okay, my life is complete, and mm-hmm. I got another grandma. Like what? Because right. like once I met my dad, I met his entire side of the family. Okay, so I think that obviously he knew that I existed, but he was in prison, mm-hmm. so he didn't know where I was. Like I, well, this is when I was still in Michigan. I was in living in Grand Rapids. He was in Saint Augustine. No, not St. Augustine. Um, Saginaw, Saginaw, Michigan. So my mom, they ended up reconnecting, and that's how he found me. So, yeah, he found me, which was, you know, like, oh, hi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I started going over there, and he had a girlfriend, which had ended up being his wife. And she was always super nice to me, like, never had any issues, anything like that. But um, I think things really started to take a turn in middle school when I became, like, a preteen. Mm. You know, those are the hard times. Yeah, like. Puberty mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember 
I was maybe like 13 and I would spend like some of the summers at my dad's house. And after that, um, I ended up having a stepbrother. So I had like a stepbrother. I had other siblings. Mm -hmm. And then him and his wife, they had two babies. So I have two younger sisters. And um, I just started to feel like I just was too much for them. Because now I'm like 14. I'm 13, maybe 12, 13. And my mom was in Florida at the time. She scouted out Florida for us to, like, move here. Okay. And I just remember, like, certain comments being made by, like, my stepmom about, like, the type of music that I was listening to. Basically, I felt like she thought that I was fast. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Even though I wasn't having sex yet. like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, and then I just started to feel like, like, they didn't really want me there. You know, if that felt like you're being tolerated. Yeah, I felt yeah. like I was being tolerated, but like not like fully accepted. I like because there was a possibility that I was just going to stay with my dad mm. and my mom and my siblings were going to move here. But I just remember just like being like, OK, I just want to be with my mom's side of the family. Mm-hmm. So I just like went and lived with my grandma until we came here when I was 14. But basically after that, my dad and I just really didn't talk like we just really didn't talk. Even when I lived here, when I moved here, I was 14. I didn't see my dad again until my wedding. Mm. And you got married at what age? When I was 20, my wedding was, I was 22. Yeah, I did not see my dad. Mm. So from that time span, um, I had grown up at this point. I was a grown woman, and I felt like, it's not my job to build a relationship with you. Mm-hmm. And even from there, like, the last time my dad bought something for me to help my mom was when I was with him when I was 14. Mm. So from the time I was 14 to, like, where I'm at now, my dad had never, like, bought a fucking sock for me, like, shoes, like, anything to remotely help my mom, like, raise me. Right. And I just didn't respect him. So we just didn't have a relationship, not really. But he's, guys, it's so crazy because I have two younger sisters. Mm-hmm. And he's he's my father, but he's their dad. Makes mm-hmm. sense. And that is just, like, I don't hold that against my sisters. It's not their fault. Like, they're, mm-hmm. you know, but, like, I'm not going to pretend that it doesn't leave, like, a, a sting in and my her, spirit. Yeah, yeah like, what, like, what was it? Like, what was it about me that didn't make you want to be a dad to me? Yeah, and me I've thought those, it, literally, um, I went to therapy after I, che- <laughs> after I cheated on Eli. That was, <laughs> seriously, <laughs> that was when I went to therapy. What is your reflection, though? It's you know, it like does, showing. because, yeah. like, um, dealing with those issues of my father, and then that was when I just, I just feel like he didn't fight for me. That's, he didn't, that's, he that's didn't valid. fight for me. That's valid. You to know, be wanted. Yeah, like, yeah. he never fought for me not to have a relationship, not to me, not to not to come see me. Like, you, I don't know you, my guy. Like, I don't mm. know you. And that side of the family, because I spent some summers with them, so they know about me. I'm like their little cousin. I don't feel like they respected my feelings towards my father. Mm. Like, f- I feel like in their eyes, he's a, he's a good dad. He's a good father. Just because he's a good father to my sisters doesn't mean, doesn't mean yeah. that he's a good father to me. Right. So, like, just going on social media and then, like, knowing that I don't have a relationship with him, but I just see him in, like, family pictures oh. and just that shit used to make me mad. 
So my therapist just told me to delete all of them off my social media for my peace, for mm-hmm. my energy. So I did. And there was this one situation. It was like Mother's Day. I was maybe 17. I was probably still in high school. I was maybe 17. It was Mother's Day. So I posted on Facebook, happy Mother's Day, mom, you know, some typical shit. Um, then I said, never had a father, always had a mother. Mm. And I didn't mean it like negative. I was just sh- shouting out my mom, like, you the real MVP. Like, you raised mm. me with no help. You raised all of us. And one of my cousins had the audacity to message me, y'all. And I remember this. And she's like, oh, you should delete that off your Facebook because I don't want my little cousins, who are my little sisters, getting on Facebook and, like, seeing this. And it's just like. First of all, mind your business. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Like, who do you think you are to invalidate my Mm -hmm. feelings because you don't want them to see something true? Mm -hmm. And then that's when I was just really like, okay, yeah, fuck Mm y'all. And just, I just deleted all of them because in their eyes, JC, my dad, that's what they call him. He's a good dad, but he wasn't a good dad to me. Mm -hmm. You know, like there's three of us. And, yeah, the other two may be taken care of, and he shows up for them, but hello? Mm-hmm. Who just wouldn't want to, like, know me? I'm fucking dope. Like, right. But that was basically what it was like growing up with and without a dad. And shit is wild, y'all. It's wild. It's led to, like, so many different issues that you don't even know are issues until you can connect the dots of, like, nigga, this is because of your right. ass. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's because of you. For real. But, um, so that's that. Now we all know our foundations of daddy issues and how they came about. So my next question is, what issues have stemmed from your relationship with your father? I think one of the, one of my major ones is abandonment. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've had to check myself continuously with boyfriends because anytime I feel like I've done something wrong or I feel like they're distancing themselves from me, it's I, I, I like in anxiety gets yeah. the best of me. Like I'm like constantly, I'm a, what is it? Is it called people pleasing people or pleaser? walking on eggshells because you don't want them to leave mm. or you're angry about something, but you don't want to act out because if you do act out, they're going to leave you. Mm-hmm. So it's my anxiety with that is really, really bad. And I'm constantly questioning, questioning myself like, well, what is it that I did or constant need for affection or constant need for attention mm-hmm. because I feel like if this man leaves me, I'm nothing hmm. without them mm-hmm. because I didn't have that. Now, granted, my grandparents raised me until I was like eight. So I had my grandfather. But when my granddad died, like that took a part of me like that I, I felt like I was never going to get back. And then to have my dad there but still fill that empty void yeah. because it wasn't the same dynamic. It wasn't the same it wasn't the same thing that my grandfather gave me. Like you said, there's a thing with being a father and there's a thing with being a dad. Mm-hmm. My grandfather was both. So when I lost that, but I still had my dad, but he was not active mm-hmm. as a dad, it led to a lot of like 
anxiety when it comes to men. So that's one of my major ones. It's, it's constant. Like, I'm afraid of being alone. Mm. And that's not good. Mm. So that's one of my major ones. I will have to say, um, I had a, I actually wrote a post about this just the other day. A lot of my relationships, I had one foot out and one foot in. Yeah. And nothing was, com- a commitment to me was I could find something better. Or there's something else out there. Because once that void was filled and then, well, like, temporarily, it was time for me to move on. Because it was it was, was going to empty. And it was time for me to go. So a lot of my relationships never w- was committed. It, it had nothing to do with cheating. It had nothing to do with being with somebody else. It had a lot to do with me fully committing myself to someone. And being like, this is it. And taking that risk. I never felt I needed to do that. Because relationships to me were temporary. Friendships were temporary. So... As I got older, I started realizing just how much it was affecting me because I was like, even though I probably was the reason why they left, I needed that. Like, I needed those relationships, and I dismissed them because I didn't think they had any value to it or they were going to stay long enough. So with my kids, especially after having kids, I didn't want them to start doing that and being like, oh, you know, new friends this year, new new, new relationship this year. And so it it, it impacted me a lot with my relationships down to my friendships, down to my family. Like, the only people that I really, like, with is my, like, mom, my sister, mm. and my brother. But it's important to me now to build these relationships and keep these relationships. Even when it's at hard times, it's like, okay, maybe we just need a little bit of space. And then we can come back together and, and be fully committed in that. Because granted, like, my dad, like, again, he did the best that he could. He left a lot. And so it just made me not value those relationships and value relationships here. Because I was just like, oh, you're going to leave anyway, so. Oh, everybody got an expiration date, so. Go about mm-hmm. your business, and so that that impacted me a lot. How I deal with people, I'm I'm a little better now though. I don't do people. Like that. <laughs> I I don't think I do. I don't do people like that now, like I used to. I mean, you find a relationship with us, right? And I'm right. Right. So, you know. <laughs> and baby, we ain't temporary. <laughs> <laughs> and it just wasn't women though. It, it was it was definitely friendships, even in men, yeah. in a relationship too. And so. that's the thing I like how you said um, relationship and friendships mm-hmm. because. Having um, problems with your like your father, it's not just with men. Mm-hmm. It affects all type of relationships. Right. So, mm-hmm. good for hitting on that. <laughs> uh, for me, it would be projecting the way I feel about my dad onto other men. Mm. So, if any little small thing uh, triggers me or ticks me off, it just reminds me again of like the way I felt with uh, my dad, and I still feel you know because some of these things don't leave you unless you like let them go Mm -hmm. so for me it's like trust issues you know I don't trust men because I don't trust my dad I never trusted my dad after he left and even until now I still can't trust him another one would be all the the hypersexuality you know not knowing that uh because I needed to please men I needed somebody to look at me and tell me like you're safe Mm. I just want to feel I want to be in a man's arm and feel safe because I never felt that with my dad Mm. and now, like, I feel like I haven't been single, single for years because I always chase that whole, like, I need somebody to love me. I need somebody to nurture me and take care of me. No matter how strong I am, I need a man. Mm-hmm. And it's so sad because it makes me feel like I'm not ever going to be able to be fully independent until I let go of that, like, it's okay to be alone. Mm-hmm. That's the way I felt, like, I feel about uh, the whole, like, how my relationships are now. Um and, well, the hypersexuality, it's just, like, at a young age, I was just sending, like, 
nudes to boys. They weren't fully nude, but, you know, with bras mm. and stuff like that. Because I never had a man, like a male figure, tell me, like, hey, this is wrong. You Value know, your body. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, my dad never once told me, not even until now, like, not even now that we have a relationship, like, you know, you had to treat yourself with respect. I had to learn that on my own. Mm-hmm. Like, y- you, a man is supposed to treat you like a princess, like a queen. Mm-hmm. For me, it was always like, I'm the doormat, you know? And if I do something wrong, like, I'm sorry. That's, like, that's the way it um it's affected me. That's deep. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck these daddies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to call my daddy home now. <laughs> I'm a block him again. <laughs> that's shit I've been wanting to say. You ain't shit. <laughs> Since 88, so it's time. You <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I just gave you some money the other day. Calm down. <laughs> Um, I don't trust happiness Mm. when it comes, like, I trust happiness within myself and then, like, with my closest friends and families, but, like, in relationships, I don't trust happiness because I feel like something's about to happen, (laughs) baby, something's about to go down. Yeah. Because this is just, it's going too too well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't. I don't like people in and out of my life because I don't like that feeling of, like, not knowing if you're going to be here, if you're not going to be here. Like, if if you don't want to be in my life, then just don't be in my life. Yeah. But I don't like people coming in and out because that's how I was with, like, my dad. Like, we would go through a phase where we would talk for, like, six months consistently, and then I would ask him for something that I needed, and he would just ghost me. Mm. My own dad! Nigga, you fucking made me like. That's called JCO. Um, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> like that shit would like really get me because it's like, bro, you made me and you let my mom take care of me by herself right. for X amount of years. Like when I was in college, first year of college, I moved out when I was eighteen because my home life was just getting hella toxic, <laughs> like hella toxic. And I don't think people realize the stress of being a first-generation college student, mm-hmm. like doing something no one stressful. else has ever done before. Yeah, It is stressful. Mm-hmm. So I moved out. I just got a car. I'm working two jobs, taking five classes, trying to fucking make something out of myself. And I remember calling my dad one day. I'm like, Dad, like, I just need you to pay for one thing. Can you just pay for my car insurance? Can you just take that, like, off my bag? Mm-hmm. You know how much it is when you're, like, a first-time driver? Yeah. driver? I'm just 25. Girl, <laughs> that shit is, like, That's $240. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Dad, like, can you just pay for this? He's like, yeah, 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 just call me back, and then we'll talk about the details. Call him back, no answers. Like that shit, like I don't think people realize what that does Mm -hmm. to you. It's like, bro, like, especially when you're not used to asking for anything, and then I actually put my pride aside and come to you and say, hey, I need your help, and then you ghost me. Like, nigga, what? Like, I'm your whole child. I am your child. (laughs) So I don't like people in and out of my life. I don't like when people tell me that they're going to do something and they don't do it. List. Like, I don't. Like that. Yeah. Or then my thing is, even if you can't, okay, like, Akila, okay, like, I can't do 240, but what about if I do this? Mm-hmm. Like, nigga, can you help me? Yeah. <laughs> like, help me with something. But yeah. to just, like, disregard the fact that you have a child out in the world that needs help, and you're just like, yeah. No, basically. That shit fucks with a person. It does. It fucks with your head. So, don't tell me you're going to do something if you can't do it. 
I have a hard time trusting people, mm-hmm. obviously. And not even trusting people. Trusting, I guess trusting new people. Because I trust the people that are in my life. Mm-hmm. But, like, new people coming in or even, like, guys, if someone that I'm talking to wants me to tell them that I like them, I'm not going to tell you that I like you, bro. <laughs> like, for me, I just don't trust, like, sharing that with you, if that makes sense. It because, makes sense. You know? It's a vulnerability. It is. Mm-hmm. And I don't like being vulnerable with people. Because, like, if I, if, I, I, if I can't be vulnerable with the people who created me, like... Who are you? Yeah, what the fuck are you gonna do for like, me? And I don't think men realize like vulnerability is our our natural essence as mm-hmm. women. Mm-hmm. That and it is just so. And I find it like it's so hard for us to get into that space. That's another. T- you need to make that Listen. a podcast topic. That's a whole another topic. It is. But continue. That's energy. energy. Yeah. There we go. I had to calm down because I'm triggered. <laughs> <laughs> but um. There's just a few things, but I probably think those are the most important. Like, I don't trust people easily. I don't like people in and out of my life. Like, if you're going to be a part of Akilah's life, then, like, you're here. Mm-hmm. Like, right. the, friend, the people that are in my life, I see us going the long way. Mm-hmm. I don't do short-term stuff. Right. Like, if I know someone's an associate, you're an associate. But if we're invested, then we're invested in each other. Right. Mm-hmm. And stuff like that just kind of stems from me and my dad. Well, my dad and I. Have y'all ever confronted your dad about how y'all felt? Yeah. So how did that go? I, so I recent, <laughs> <laughs> recently, and I shared the text with you. Yeah. Um, um, in 2016, I got a call from my sister. <clears throat> and she was like, are you sitting down? I was like, who died? Mm. <laughs> and she was like, nobody died. But it's about daddy. And I was like, okay, what's going on? And she's like, he's in jail. My dad's an ex-cop. So I'm like, mm. for what? <laughs> and she was like, child molestation. Oh my God. I'm like, oh, okay. Who, who lied on him? And she was like, no. Um, him and... His wife were getting a divorce, going through divorce. Um, she was going through some things in the garage, cleaning out his stuff, ran across his box. And he had big pictures in there and videos of him <laughs> having sex with my god sister. My god sister is in her 20s. We found out that this had been happening since she was six. Six years old. <clears throat> So she's telling me, and I'm already in my feelings because I was molested as a kid. She's in her feelings because our grandfather, my dad's dad, did that to her Mm. and my older sister. So she's like, do you want to go with us to see him? And I was like, no. Like, (laughs) I need some time to think about this, first of all, because... When someone leaves their kid in your, someone trusts you with their kid all this time, and you take it upon yourself as a grown-ass man to touch this kid, what, what are you thinking? That's not okay with me. 
So I just I just stopped talking to him. Like he would call, he would write letters. I'm not responding. I'm not doing any of this. So finally, when he gets out, he's angry at me because I t- he said he felt like I turned my back on him. And so the conversation, I needed to have the conversation with him. I said, I need you to tell me the truth. I know what I saw. I know what it is, but I need you to tell me why you did this. Let's start there. And he was like, I don't have to explain myself to you. Then I don't have to explain myself to you. And I left it at that. My grandmother, I love my grandma to death. I'm not going to say to death. I, I love her. But she's one of those Christian Christians where you need to forgive and forget. I can't forget because I know what it feels like to be molested. I know what it feels like to not feel safe. I know what it feels like to like want to like kill yourself because this person has violated you. But you can't even tell me as a man why you did this to somebody's kid. But you're angry at me because I didn't come see you while you were. What conversation were we supposed to have that's going to make this situation better? That's going to make me feel better. That's going to make me feel good about having family and friends come to me and say, hey, I seen your dad on the news. Like, that's embarrassing. That's embarrassing to me. But you're angry at me for not not being open, not not wanting to open up childhood wounds that I, I'm literally just now starting to get over myself. So <clears throat> after my grandma told me, try to have a relationship, I tried. Um, my sister and my brother, they started like this group chat where he, she added all of us and then him. He would come in the group chat and speak to everybody else but not say anything to me. So once again, he's doing the same thing that he did to me when I was younger, excluding me from the conversation, excluding me from the love. So finally, I was just like, Daddy, what did I do to you? What did I do? And he's like, you didn't respect me as a man. You were supposed to still have my back regardless of what they said I did. And I said, no, it's not what they said you did. It's what you did. You violated somebody's kid. That doesn't sit well with me. And honestly, I don't want to have a relationship with you if this is how it's going to be because you still have, you have yet to apologize to this girl's parents. You have yet to apologize to her. But you're angry. You're you're, you're putting your anger out. You're projecting upon me Mm -hmm. for something that I didn't even do. So we went a whole nother year without talking. And recently, he hit me up on my birthday. That was probably a week after the miscarriage. So I really didn't, I wasn't trying to communicate with anybody. Like, I was just out of it. So I didn't respond on the day that he sent me the text message. First of all, you sent me a text message you didn't call. I feel like it's not real if you send me a, oh, happy birthday, Diana. I'm your daughter. Pick up the phone and call me. But you didn't do that. So when I finally responded, and he's like, oh, it's a week later. What's going on with you? And I'm like, Daddy, I got a lot going on. So I went to telling him. I told him about the miscarriage and how it made me feel. And he was just like, oh, it wasn't meant to be. Get over it. 
I'll beat your daddy ass. <laughs> and I was like, that's really not what I wanted to hear. Yeah. But okay. And it it kept it it, it kept bothering me all this year. So I recently tried to reach out to him again. Mm-hmm. The day before he sent me that text message. And um I called, his wife answered. He's remarried. Um so he has a new wife. New wife. Does she know? Yeah. She knows and she she went to preaching to us about oh, we need to leave the past in the past and it's just something that happened and mm. when it comes to matters of the heart like that, that's not something that just happens. You don't continue to have sex with someone's six year old daughter until she's eighteen and then tell her when she's eighteen, if you tell anybody about this, I'm gonna kill you. Like you it's just certain things don't sit well with me. It, it may be it may sit well with somebody else who's able to just forgive and forget. But for me, that it's not that easy because I don't feel like that's a. Everybody kept telling me that's a sickness. He was sick. I don't feel like that type of shit is sickness. I just feel like it's a choice that you decided to make over and over and over and over again. So, I reached out to him and I was just like, "Look, um, I'm trying to be adult about the situation." We might not ever have the relationship that I'm looking for, but I'm going to try for the sake of my, for the sake of my heart, for the sake of my spirit. And basically told me, I don't, I don't want anything to do with you. And y'all, the next day I shared this message with Akile, like I still haven't responded. I don't think I'm going to respond. But he told me. This is a text message he sent me. I told you a while back that you owe me a, you owe me an apology for not coming to see me while I was in jail. You turned your back on me and expect me to forget about that. I want nothing to do with you. You should be ashamed of yourself for how you're portraying yourself online. No one is going to marry you marry you. No respectable man wants a a woman who exposes her body to the world in such a manner as you. And you have the nerve to turn down your nose at me. A disgrace is what what you are. Stop contacting me. No one has the guts to tell you how much of an embarrassment you are to this family, Diana. And it's like, honestly, like when I got the message, it was like, A part of me wanted to snap. A part of me wanted to call him and cuss him out. A part of me just wanted to, like, break down. But it's like when you've been dealing with that shit, like, I think a response to him probably would have, he probably would have got off on it Mm -hmm. because he's that type of person. He's the type of person that doesn't want to. That doesn't want to admit that he's wrong. And as fucked up as it is, it's like. I know now that that's the type of fucking person that he's always going to be. So me reacting 
would have just he it, he would have got off on it. So no response is the best response that I can give this person, even though I feel like it's gonna fuck me up at some point because I like I want a relationship so bad with this person who doesn't fucking want me, y'all. Like But that just proved to me that I need to fucking leave it alone. Like he doesn't he doesn't fucking care about me. I'm gonna stress myself the fuck out wanting to try to build a relationship with someone who probably doesn't even have fucking faith in himself. And it's just like trying trying to get somebody to see you who 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 doesn't see themselves is is dangerous. It's a dangerous dangerous game. So yeah. It's dangerous. And like I told you that day, you deserve better. And that's just that. Yeah. Yeah. That is garbage, girl. That's a garbage-ass man. It's a garbage situation. To do that to an innocent little girl and then want you to apologize to him? The audacity. That's some entitlement right there. That that's delusion. Yeah. It is. There ain't nothing you can do, sweetie. Mm-hmm. I would I would have to just kill him off completely. And move on. Give him to God and move on. Cause you definitely deserve better than that. Um, I forgot what the question was. Yeah, I'm still trying to <laughs> gather yeah. my thoughts. Men. And it's a generational curse for me. That's all that is. It's just going down the line and then someone has to be bold enough to say, that's not happening to my yeah. children. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be Diana, period. I'm not yeah. passing this on to my children. This is mm-hmm. not happening. Um, My original question was... What was what have you ever confronted your father about like your relationship? Um, I have. I I did it in anger. I did it in been there. He was getting on my damn nerves and <laughs> he did something like he he bought me a phone when I was seventeen. And he put me on like a phone plan. So he thought that he could just like blow my phone up and he he did something, you know? And I just went off on his ass. <laughs> and <laughs> He, um, my dad is like a person that would just, like, you'll say a whole essay, you know, conclusion, introduction. He'll respond in one <laughs> Three sentence. bodies, and then he'll see three sentences and a period and be like, huh? So, and just react to that. So, for me, it, it, it just went on deaf ears. And, again, I just had to put myself in a situation when I was living with him to understand who he is in order to move on and forgive him. Yeah. And to continue to forgive him. Because I know for a fact that I have forgiven him because of my relationships now. Like how I don't, like, try to, I mean, I try not to push people away and try to allow people to show me who they are before. I'd be like, uh-uh, you ain't going to stay anyway. You know what I'm saying? So I try to give people the opportunity to show me who they are. And I try to keep relationships as much as I can. But for me, when I did confront him, you know, he just, he didn't address it. 
and that's okay. Yeah. I said I said it, and I felt I felt good in what I said, and I know that I said it for a reason. It was long overdue, and I I, I cried about it. I got upset about it, but I told his ass off too. I forgot he's my daddy for a second. <laughs> so, and it, and it felt good, and so I moved on from it. So I think I did at least. Y- y'all can tell me later. <laughs> if like girl, you still got that issues. <laughs> but for now, I think I moved on from it. What about you, Kim? Um, I think I did it way too young. Mm-hmm. I was in high school, so just a lot of, like, emotions going through, and I didn't know what I was saying. And there's, like, that language barrier, because it was all through text message. It was mm. really late at night. I was having, like, a, I think I went through a breakup. It was, like, a breakup. And my dad was like, oh, are we going to see each other this weekend? And I was like, no, I'm going through a breakup and stuff. And I know he said something along the lines, like, oh, it's okay. Like, they all leave, like, something like that. And I just, it snapped, and I'm like, that was you. Like, you left. And then he was like, oh, why? Like, this was forever ago. This was between your mom and I. And I was like, but you put me in the middle. Mm -hmm. And then he goes and he tells my sister and my brother who are older than me. So I'm 23. My sister's like 32, 33. And my brother's like 29. So they're way older than me. Mm -hmm. At this time, I was like, what, like 16 or something. And my brother and my sister went off on me. Like, he is the best dad ever. Because my brother went to live with my dad. And my sister went to live with my dad, too, until after she moved. And they just went off on me. And after that, I was just like, you know what? There's no point of confronting this man. Like, he needs a whole army Mm -hmm. for a little girl just to tell him how I felt. Because, like, it was all because of a breakup, honestly. And then he goes and he's like, oh, they all leave. And I was like, you did the same thing. Mm -hmm. I was like, "I'm, I'm learning from you. I'm learning that all men leave. I'm choosing the type of man that you are in these guys. I'm allowing these guys to treat me like crap. I'm allowing to to let these guys do whatever they want with me because I saw the way that you and my mom treated each other and the way that you left. And like Akila said, you didn't fight for me. And like, it was, it was such a dumb confrontation too, because I didn't talk to him again for like another like four months. Cause I have that thing too, where like, I will not talk to you for months to years, especially with my dad. Cause like, he's my dad, but he's not like a dad, dad to mm-hmm. me. And then after that, I was just like, there's no point of confronting him. Like, he, in his eyes, he wasn't wrong. He had to leave. Mm. And I have aunts from, that are my mom's sisters, that are like, oh, but your dad is such an amazing dad. Like, you know, you should be so grateful for him. Why do you treat him the way you do? And I'm like, he's a good dad to my brother and my sister. With me, he just picks up the slack because he knows that I'm the only one that's here and that gives him the time of the day. Mm. I've tried confronting him, like, for small little things. Like, his little, because he's very toxic. And even with that, he, he, this man does not take any type of constructive criticism. So I know to a point where I'm like, you're a child. I'm going to let go of this because then it's going to, like, I'm going to carry this as a book bag for the rest of my life. And you're going to be fine. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be just dealing with all this trauma with all these men because of you. And I just don't have time for that. And the fact that he won't take accountability. Oh, my. This man is such a grown ass man. And, like, what would you tell my sister and my brother for? Like, what they go do? Right. I'll like, beat them, too. I'm talking because she says, too. all fighting. Like, what's up? I may be small, but I'm going to fight all of y'all. WWE Smackdown up in this bitch. Starting with what, my dad. What, 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 what that kettle? What that kettle? <laughs> my, my dad is five feet. I'm five two. I got a good two inches on him. <laughs> I'll tag team with my mom. <laughs> I remember um, confronting my dad, like, when I was in college. I was still at Seminole State, so, like, my my freshman, sophomore year, and yeah, I was just mad. Like, I remember 
just um I don't know why, but I was like, yeah, I need to talk to you. <laughs> Period. I need to talk to you. And we were talking on the phone. I was like, yo, I don't like you. <laughs> like straight like that. I don't like you. I don't like the type of man that you are. Like you're a you're a dad be dad, my guy. Like you don't do anything for me. You don't provide for me. You let my mom do everything. You never taught me about sex. I'm out here like thotting and bopping because you never taught me how to value my body. Like what do, what do you do? <laughs> Like, what do you do? Just And that's just, like, my energy. Like, how I feel is how I feel. Mm -hmm. Like, bro, who just creates a child? Just have this whole person out in the world, and you don't know anything about me. Do you know my major, bro? Like, do you know my major? Do you know what I want to do in my life? Like, bro, you should be ashamed of yourself. You should be a legit shame of yourself because Akilah is fucking dope. As fuck. Thank you. And he just didn't really have anything to say. (laughs) So you write him his rights, and he was just like, okay. Uh, bye. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, after that, I would, like, I would, like, fake forgive him. You know how it is when you fake forgive somebody? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, okay, I, like, you say it out your mouth that I forgive you, but still in your spirit, you hate what they did to you. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> I, I would fake forgive him, so... It, basically what that would look like is like okay we're cool dad like we're cool but then when something would trigger me i would just be going off again like first of all nigga you still a deadbeat right. so <laughs> let's not forget what you did in 99 right. <laughs> let's not forget like you're still you still don't be there for me you still don't do anything for me and i think that's the part that like gets me the most is that you let my mom do everything mm-hmm. you let this woman do everything and you didn't, like, you never, you never had to buy. Y'all know how expensive college textbooks are? Don't I? <laughs> you never I had to. financial aid, I wouldn't know. <laughs> there was this one semester, I think my first semester, um, I didn't really know how the whole financial aid thing worked. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think I had, like, spent all my financial aid, and I needed, like, this textbook for my class, and I just didn't have any more FAFSA. So I'm crying hysterically because I'm dramatic. And I'm thinking, yo, how am I already feeling college? <laughs> <laughs> I just started. And then my mom ended up buying it from me. But, like, I think about shit like that. And it's just like you never had to be there for me. You never had to deal with all this stuff. And, like, the fact that, like, niggas think that they can just come at the end and reap the benefits. It's like, like, no, it doesn't work that way. You were not with me when I was shooting in the gym, my guy. You weren't with me when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And, like, who are you? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, who are you? Okay, maybe I'm still a little bit tricky. Yeah, you are. (laughs) Like, I am because it's just, like, that shit frustrates me so much. Even now, in the fact that I'm 25, it still just frustrates me that, like, you never have to take care of me. Mm-hmm. Not for real. But you still get to know me. Right, no, yeah. That will fuck with you. That is something. But, I, yeah, guys, I did end up um, forgiving him for real, for real. But we'll talk about <laughs> <laughs> that. was like just, it. No, like, for real, for real. But that was just, like, what our confrontations was always like. And I feel like I remind my dad of the worst parts of himself. Mm. Mm. I think that I do because, and I'm, yeah, I just cannot imagine like me being someone's kid and then just not knowing anything about me. Mm -hmm. So I try to think about it from his perspective and how that really must suck. That really must suck to know that you have this great child just out there and I'm always going to have you at arm's length Mm -hmm. because I don't trust you. Mm -hmm. 
And like even y'all, I really like <laughs> my dad's cool. I'm not he's a cool guy, but I don't like him as a person mm. because he still makes false promises to me. And I think like and I have something that I just accept. It's like, well, this maybe this is this this is just how he is. I take a grain of grain with a grain of salt. He'll be like, Oh, like, what do you want for your birthday? Why you not go get it? Like, <laughs> what you asking me this for? What you asking me this for? But like stuff like that, and it's just like, yo, like, just stop asking me stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Just be what you're able to be. Mm-hmm. That's it. I think, and just to piggyback what you said, because I did the same thing with my dad. I'd be like, well, you could do that. And <laughs> it, even it was, time, it took a long time for me to get to that place because I would be like, oh, daddy said he gonna get me, um, mm-hmm. and then be looking for it every it. time, blowing his phone up and just like sitting here crying, getting mad at him, but. I think that the older that you get, cause mm-hmm. you're, you're still young, and the older you get, you're going to realize that you're going to place people in who they say they are. Like, you're going to really say, my dad is this person, and that's just who he is, and it's not going to be more, di- it's going to be less and less disappointing for you. And it's going to be sad on his end. I mean, he's never going to be able to get over it because you're never going to trust who he is or he said he is, but you have to just kind of get to the point where you're saying, this is who he is, and this is who I'm trying to be, and you got to let you leave him where he at. And that's kind of where I am with my dad. I love mm-hmm. him to death. He said he gonna do something. Oh, all right, I see when you do it. And that's it for me. I ain't gonna go no further. Depend than that. on it. Don't trust it. <laughs> yes. And so when he does do something, I'm like, mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's how far that goes. I don't. I don't praise him for it because again, he he can. This is what you're up. supposed right. to do. Right. <laughs> right. Right. He. I swear to God, my dad almost ghosted me for my wedding, and I was y'all. Because my dad bought my hair extensions. He helped buy my hair extensions for my wedding. My hair. They were like eight hundred dollars. No flex. <laughs> Well, I was like, yo, who the fuck do I think I am? <laughs> who do you but, think you marrying? <laughs> girl, a fraud. A fucking fraud. Yes, <laughs> 800 weed from it, though. Too. <laughs> but, so I had asked him about it. Because I don't, we, I guess, this is how I really came to forgive him. I got right with God. Okay. God, thank you for looking out. You always right. got my back. <laughs> and eventually, I just wanted that heaviness to get off of me. Because when you're angry... You feel it in mm-hmm. your spirit. It just sits in the pit of your stomach that you're just angry. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like being angry because it made me scornful. It affected my relationship with my husband. Even though he was a terrible person to me at the time, I was a terrible person too. Y'all know. Mm-hmm. But and I didn't like that. So I was like, okay, God, I'm going to forgive him for real, for real. <laughs> Not for fake, for real, for real. So I remember calling him one day and, and I was just like that, like, listen, I want us to have a better relationship. Like, I'm going to stop holding all this resentment and all this false, like, all of this stuff that didn't happen in my childhood or did happen, and I'm just going to let it go. Like, I want us to have a clean slate. I want you to be able to know me. Like, if I have children, I want you to be able to see them. You know, these little biracial-ass babies that I'm definitely not having, boo-boo. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> but at the time, that's what we thought was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And... He was just saying that, like, ever since we we, re- we we reconnected, that, like, he sleeps better at night, and he, it's just. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I don't know. You need to catch that. Mm-mm, he's sleeping better now. <laughs> like, your ass up, hey. Come over. <laughs> Feel bad now. Thanks. <laughs> no one told you to go around feeling better. Right. Right. <laughs> what do you think this is? But, um, and that how, like, he's just always like, a part of him feels gone when we're not talking and we're not connected. I fucking bet. You got a whole kid out here in the world. Like, yeah, you're going to feel like shit is off in your world. Mm-hmm. 
dog right. <laughs> but um that was when I really like open heartedly just forgave my dad and was just like yo you were 18 I couldn't imagine having a child at 18 mm-hmm. and then in jail not you know like bruh it's cool it's not cool but what am I gonna do about it mm-hmm. I'm keeping angry yeah let that yeah. shit go not for the other person it's for me like mm-hmm. forgiveness is for you so that you can move on so that you can heal so that you can have better relationships because when you're angry you're just angry mm-hmm. and then you key in niggas cars <laughs> the one tvs and shit yeah kettles and so, shit yeah so with kettles tvs like <laughs> let that shit go sis let that shit Go. Easier said than done. 100%. Definitely worth it. Yeah. It's so worth it. And I didn't really like get to the point where I accepted who my dad was until like my birthday this year. Yeah. So when I was 25 was when, because you still like want to feel this. You still want to have that relationship with your father. Like it, it's your dad. Mm-hmm. Like you're supposed to have my back no matter what. And I know worst case scenario, my dad will come kill somebody. Like, okay, I got it. You're a thug. Like, <laughs> cool. But nigga, can I depend on you for like right. other shit? Right. Probably not. And that's cool. <laughs> but kind of bringing this into a full circle, have you forgiven your dad? And if not, like, what's your current status on your healing journey with your father? For me, not yet. Uh, you sound like you haven't. No, I haven't. I, and I'm so honest. I have a little bit more rage in me. Just because there's there's not, a, like, a month. Every, every, once a month, this man disappoints me. To a point where I'm just like, all right, I got to let it go. Is it, like, the same day each month, like, consistently? Or <laughs> right. I'm going to start taking every count. Every second. <laughs> oh, she's going to wake up and say, like, oh, today's the 16th. I got to piss her off. <laughs> so, no, like, this month, it was literally it was literally over my birthday. You know, this man, like... So I've told Akile that the, my my sister has uh two two kids, and he basically helps that helps my sister raise them, knowing that she has two baby daddies that have money, and she has a whole man that has money, but he's still sending them money. I know it's not my finances, but that that just irks me. <laughs> How are you gonna have two children and not be able to like, not be able to tell your baby daddies that they gotta help you mm-hmm. when you know they have money. You know, and then on top of that, so like I'll ask my dad for like $30 or 60 and I wanted to go get my hair done. And I was like, hey, dad, I really want to go dye my hair. Can you let me borrow $60 and I'll pay you back maybe like next month? But I'm going to pay you back. I got you. (laughs) And this man goes and he's like, you know what? That's going to be your birthday present. And I was like, "Okay, you give my sister $300. You give my brother $200 and you only give me $100 for my birthday. And I'm lucky enough if you give me something for Christmas because my birthday and Christmas are right there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, do you hate me? <laughs> I was like, I'm just, let, I'm asking you to let me borrow. And then he goes and he's like, well, that's all I got. So I'm just going to give you $60 and that's like, that's all you're getting or you're not getting anything. And I was like, nah, I got my mom. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. You see on my phone and it says Chase alerts, $60. So then I go and I send them back because I'm petty. I didn't even ask my mom for the money. I used my own money. <laughs> and I send them back. And then he goes and he's like, why'd you send it back? And I was like. Sorry for cursing, but I literally was like, you can go eat shit. And I didn't talk to him for, like, a couple days. And then he, like, texted me again. And he's like, hey, do you need money for anything? I was like, you know, you're my dad. You gotta owe me. So <laughs> I was right. like, yeah, I need $100 now. <laughs> he sent them to me. But, like, I just still have, like, that whole, my dad uses uh, money 
uh, like any type of financial help to like grab me mm. and i'm like sir like it it does not affect me i don't care i'm gonna just take the money i'm gonna run <laughs> so i don't know i think i'm gonna give it like a couple more months and i'm gonna sit down with him and talk to him but i just know that with him it's just like talking to a damn wall so at the, at the most, I just have to forgive myself for being so angry, mm-hmm. and I gotta move on. I'm 23. I can't be letting this affect me. Mm-hmm. This man, this man is almost turning 60. Like I don't yeah. have. Yes, yeah, he he not changing. I yeah, I don't got time. <laughs> this is it. This is it. I'm like, sir, you do you. Mm-hmm. Go to the nursing home when you gotta go. I'll go visit you when I can. <laughs> you um, got your sister there. Right? I'm like, go ask my older sister, and my brother. Those are your favorites. Right. I'm just I'm the other kid. Don't worry about me. The one who chose mom. (laughs) (laughs) And Uh, I will all over again. um, For for me, yes, I have forgiven my dad. And mostly, one, like I said, I moved in with him and got to know him. And Mm. then, two, I have my own kids. And your kids will definitely humble you. Because I had, my my daughter has her dad, but my son doesn't. And so, Mm. it humbled me enough to say, well, you saw what happened to you, and yet you brought someone in the world without a father too and so there's this this fear of not being forgiven as well so I had to forgive him I had to move on I had to accept him for accept him for who he is my son's eight so right now he doesn't understand that his dad's not there and he he asks for him he doesn't actually ask for him now since my I have uh, we'll talk about that later um he doesn't ask for him as much now that he like he used to but I know he's going to get to that age where he's going to need him. He's going to de- desire him. And he's not going to understand what he's feeling, but he's going to know that something's missing. Yeah. And I will be at fault for that. Like, I'm, I'm one of the faults for that. And um, so there's this, like, humbling uh, thing about it. Like, it's like, yeah, granted, my dad did some messed up things, and he was he disappointed me a lot. But you brought a child in this world knowing that you had this missing void, and you brought a child, and now he's gonna have a missing void. But did you know he would have that missing void? Uh, I, who my dad, my brother, you, my son. Did you know that your son, that Chase would? I think that he will if I don't bring him a father figure before he understands it. Like he he asks for him, his dad sometimes, or he'll say things like you know call my dad or something like that, or he sees his sister, like especially in the beginning, my my daughter started really going with her dad. It started getting to him, like school yeah. and how he acted. He he didn't like it because he was like, "Where like where are you going?" And then my daughter started saying little things like, "You don't have a dad, Chase," mm. and she doesn't understand she's saying something wrong. She just knows that she's stating facts. You know, you know your dad's not here. Like, where's your dad? And so there's that. You know, he's eight, and kids are a lot more smarter than we were. You know, every generation kind of just gets smarter and smarter, and it's like. When is that voice going to start coming for him? When is he going to start wanting to fill that void? And will I be enough? And I know I'm not because I'm a mother. But will I be enough to to help him through it? And so there's that. You got to forgive your dad because look what you did to your son. So there's that. I, I forgive him. I love my daddy to death. He's he Like, again, he does what he can. And um, I know he loves his grandchildren. And so I just had to move forward for that. And I and I hope to God that by the time my son even slightly feels a void coming in, a, man, a father figure is there. Like, God has blessed me with my husband. He's like, what's a void? You know what I'm saying? Like, he's like, oh, this is my dad. And that's it. So, God forbid. I hope for you <laughs> that you take some of that pressure off yourself of, like, Chase not having his father. Yeah. Because that's not your fault. You can't control that yeah. man. I know I don't know what it's like to be a parent, but that's a lot of 
that's a lot on your shoulders. Yeah, it's definitely humbling. Like again, you you were a middle child, and I was a middle child too. And mm-hmm. your mom did the best that she could with mm-hmm. six kids. And I had to be. Like, I used to blame my mom. Like you didn't take care of my take care of me yeah. spiritually and emotionally. But then now that I have kids, I'm like, you did the best that you could mm-hmm. with the resources that you had. So. Again, and that's why our relationship is ten times better. It was good, but now it's ten times. Me and my mom. Well, your mom. Yeah. So, same. so it's just like kind of like that. Like being a parent humbles you. It puts you in a position to understand what your parents went through, mm-hmm. and how you can try to make things better for your kids. So, it's all about doing better for the next generation. Yep. Pretty much. So, um, with my dad, <laughs> <laughs> it happened. Like honestly, I don't know. Something just kind of just clicked in my head around my birthday because like I said I have two younger sisters um they're like 15 and maybe 13 like they're jits but I don't really know them like that you know because I didn't grow up with them and then we had that huge gap they were like they were junior bridesmaids at my wedding and once again that was the first time I've seen them and since I was 14 so they were four yeah, like I don't know them. You're so sweet for bringing them into your wedding because I want to <laughs> sit right here, baby. Sit right here. <laughs> Guess, thank you. <laughs> Third row in the back. Thank you. Like, yeah, I my dad gave a speech at my wedding, which is really awkward because he doesn't know me. But I still wanted to, like, you know, include him and not make him feel so mm-hmm. like a shit person for not knowing anything about your daughter and her husband. But um, it was around my birthday and. I was, I don't know, y'all, I be, I be tripping. <laughs> because I, I think I was FaceTiming my sisters one day, and we we're not super close, but I try to respond if they text me. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like, I don't, okay, I feel, Grey's Anatomy, I feel like I'm Meredith Grey, and they're like Lexi, you guys. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, do you know I'm who sorry, Lexi is? Yeah. Her, she, she, you know. Now I want to watch so, it. <laughs> yeah, so it's like when she's trying to get to know Meredith, and Meredith, Meredith, Meredith is like, bro, I don't know you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you're my dad's kid, but you're not my sister. Like, who are you? Right. And it's a little bit like that, but not really, because it's like, it's not that I don't want to have a relationship with them, but I don't know what I want that relationship to look like, you know? And so I, around my birthday, I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll go to Michigan and see my sisters. I don't know who the fuck I thought I was, but I was like, <laughs> You went? Girl, no. I was here for my birthday. What you mean? I was with y'all. <laughs> I thought you really said I'm like, no. okay, yeah, this is You did go to what you call it, Sugar Patrick. But that was the plan. I was like, you know what, Akile? You're going to confront this past. You're going to go to Michigan. But turns out my anxiety was like, bitch, no, the fuck you're not. <laughs> you're going to run in sugar. <laughs> what is the call? You're going to take your ass to Jacksonville right. to the sugar factory. And you're going to sit your ass down. <laughs> But in my head, I just started putting the stress on myself of like, you know what? You should know your sisters. It's your responsibility to get to know them, and you should be a better sister. Because I have a great great relationship with, like, my friends and, like, my sisters now. So I'm just putting this pressure on myself of, like, you should make an effort to know them. And the more that I started thinking about it, I was like, Akile, it was not your responsibility to make sure you and your sisters had a relationship. That was your dad's responsibility. And that was your dad's wife's responsibility. Mm-hmm. So there were two adults in that situation. So why are you putting all this pressure on yourself to make this thing a thing? Your energy is expensive, period. So with my dad, the plan was for me to fly to where he was, then we would drive to Michigan together. 
That was the plan. And honestly, y'all, I just didn't want to spend money. Like, I didn't want to spend the money to get, I just didn't want to spend that money. Like, what? No. So I had asked my dad, I'm like, hey, dad, um, since we're going to be together, and I did the single mother hustle with my mom. It was a podcast episode I did with my mom. She talked about just her life being a single mom. She talked about all the, her, all her baby daddies and stuff. I was like, would you mind doing an episode with me on my podcast? Because he knows I have a moment with them. And his response, like, this was just, just kind of just, like, irritated my entire life. He was like, oh, yeah, I thought about that. And I was like, so, yes, no, like, do, do you want to do a podcast episode with me? And he's like, oh, we'll talk about it. <laughs> so I'm just like, huh. So I said, well, my pride isn't going to allow me to ask you twice. So just whatever. Like, it's all good. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I felt really, okay, there, there's two sides of Akilah. There's the rational side, the wise side, the, you know, I'll process my emotions. And there's the nigga, the fuck side. So my nigga, the fuck side was like, okay, first of all, nigga, you weren't there for me growing up. So if I'm asking you to do something on my podcast, then you do it. Like, I'm your child. You should support whatever it is that I'm doing. So I was just really upset about the fact that he didn't say no, but he didn't say yes. Mm -hmm. So it's like, what do you have to think about? I'm asking you to do something. Nigga, it's free. Like, all you got to do is talk. Like, what do you mean? So that our story can (laughs) potentially help someone else. Or, like, you just never know how a podcast is going to help somebody. Mm -hmm. So that was one side. And I was like, okay, so, like, just fuck it then. But then on the other side, I was like, okay, Keila, listen. (laughs) Being on on a podcast is a lot. It's a lot of, of vulnerability, a lot of opening yourself up. And maybe he's not ready to be exposed that way. Or maybe he's not ready to confront his demons. But still, I was like, I don't give a fuck. I'm still your daughter. Like, if I'm asking you to do something, like, you do it. Do it, yeah. So that was just kind of like the, I don't know what just made me click in my head of, like, this is just who you are. And it's okay that this is who you are, but I don't do one-sided relationships with anyone. I don't do me pouring, 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 trying to come to Michigan, trying to do this, trying to do that. But when, like, when I ask you for something, you can't deliver that for me? And then that's when the wise Akila came to the conclusion <laughs> that <laughs> this is what it is. Hmm. And I'll check in with you. Hey, dad, you good? He'll check in with me. Hey, daughter, how's it going? But that's as far as our relationship is going to go because I just can't allow you to hurt me on, on any capacity, even if it's just being on my podcast. Because mm-hmm. that hurt me. It hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. Like, really? Did he know what the conversation was going to be about? No, I didn't even get that far to tell him. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, like, I didn't even, like, get to tell him. But I guess he probably assumed that it would be about, like, our relationship and different choices that he made and stuff like that. And I think that I remind him of the worst parts of himself, so... I think the first converse, like the podcast, it's a recording. People don't understand it. It's a recording. Yeah. So it can easily be erased. It can easily not be posted. It could have just been something therapeutic for both of y'all. And the fact that he told you no, I would have been livid. He didn't even tell me no. He said, well, think about it. Right. And you you already know his track record. I'm I'm 24. (laughs) Like, I'm a grown woman. Like, you can tell, like, yes or no. And you know his track record. He probably wouldn't have done it. It was a hell no. So. But, so I got to that conclusion and I, I decided with my sisters that I still need to figure out what I want that relationship look like to look like 
Because then I was like, okay, well, maybe I won't fly up there. Because it was giving me a lot of anxiety going to Michigan. I haven't been there since I was 14. I have a lot of shame attached to that state. Mm. And I just didn't want to deal with that. So I was like, well, maybe I'll fly, fly them here. But then I was like, baby, I'm not trying to spend money to book flights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I got a house, too. People, like, it was just giving me so much anxiety. And I just felt like no one would have helped me make it happen. When it's like, it's all on me mm-hmm. to have a relationship with other people. But it's like, bro, y'all are their parents, too. Like, y'all should have made sure we had a relationship. Mm-hmm. Once again, you didn't fight for me. He didn't fight for us to, and I remember he told me that one day when I was snapping on his ass, <laughs> like when I was in college, he's like, oh, well, if you want to have a relationship with your sisters, that's up to you. No, nigga, that's up to you. That's not on me. These fucking men, bro. <laughs> they are just triggering. But I swear, I, I have forgiven him, though, for real, for real. <laughs> We're going to revisit this conversation about that. This is just for the podcast. Okay, maybe I'm like 95%, but this is the first time that I've ever talked about it, like, openly. Mm -hmm. So maybe, like, all those emotions are just, like, flooding. But for real, for real, like, I, my dad's cool, like, for what he is. Mm -hmm. But you ain't my dad. You can be my father, though. It's like you can't help it. You you, you You start all positive, you be like, I mean, he still ain't shit, but whatever. But you know, it's cool. (laughs) But um, yeah, honestly, with this question, I don't even think that we're um, mature. Well, maybe Shanti is. You're mature enough in your relationship with your father or, like, you're in a different place to be able to give advice to. No, I think we can all answer this question about what advice would you give to someone who is struggling with fa- issues that they have with their father? Um, My advice would be, like like I was giving her and you as well, mm-hmm. is to place them to, for who they are. Like, just forget everything they said. Forget everything you wanted them to be and what you needed them to be. Look at them for who they are yeah, and what they can do and what they have done. And even in the ancient moments, they have taught you a lot about who you are, a Absolutely. lot about your relationships, your friendships, your the men in your life. They have reflected a lot of your issues and taught you about yourself more than you ever know. And just be thankful for their presence. Because if it wasn't for their sorry asses, you wouldn't be here. <laughs> so you have to, you have to kind of appreciate what you have. And mm-hmm. I, what I, one thing I do have is a strong relationship with my mom and a strong relationship with my siblings. And I have a brother that is a very strong, like my brother kind of stepped in at certain times when my dad didn't. Yeah. And so I just gravitate towards that. I gravitate towards people that I truly have not left me, no matter how much I push them away or how terrible I was due to the fact that he, how he treated me, it was just like these people still stay. These people still know me and they understand me and they allow me to be who I am. And so for me, I would give advice. Just just place that person for who they are. Place your dad for who he is and just try to overcome that. Like don't be that person that you hate because the, the more you consume that yep. hate for your father or anybody, you start becoming them. And so you are started dating them, and you don't want to date <laughs> the very per- for very person you can't stand. So for me, I would just tell them just 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 hurry up and try to get to that place because that place is so like calm and peaceful. Like it's so it feels so good when you get to that place of saying this is who you are, and this is who you're going to be for the rest of my life, and it's so and that's okay. Like that's really okay, and just and continue to move on. Like and and also don't. Take accountability for your own shit too, True. because at certain age, at some certain point in your life, you have to say, 
this person showed me who they was, and I still kept trying to get it. I still kept trying to build this relationship and have them in my life, and that's why I'm so messed up with everybody else. Now you have to take accountability for yourself. And you're 23, you're still young, and you have every right to still be in that childish place. But when that age starts to click in, baby, you got to jump out of that. And you got to say, this is just who your dad. I almost said something like, I just named him Pablo. (laughs) (laughs) But this is true. This is who Pablo is. Right, that's just who he is. And JC and, I don't know your dad, Gary, I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Gary. My dad name is CJ. This is who he is, and that's okay. Because I'm telling you, they. I know they may feel like they don't care, but they care. Yeah. Because they are part of you, and they that part of you never leaves until the day they die. So as much as he may act like he doesn't care, he cares. Mm-hmm. It's just that he's gotten to the point where he doesn't think he can do anything, and he doesn't want to take accountability. So he would rather just let you hate him instead of saying, okay, I fucked up Camilla. And so it's easier said than done to say, I messed up, I apologize. Okay, let me fix that. So for me, I would just say, Forgive his ass and be like, "This you ain't shit." I'll hit you up when you when I need some money, and that just be it. Mine won't even give me money. <laughs> Mine's gave me three hundred dollars, and I was Dad. just like, "I'm so proud of you." Like he has given me money. <laughs> I was so proud of him. I was just like, he told me he's gonna be five hundred, but he gave me three hundred. I was happy about that thing. I was like, "All right, CJ, look at your little bald head." All right, CJ, I see you. But yeah, that that would be my advice. Y'all got any advice to share? Some light. Um, as Shanti said, I would just accept people for what they are. Mm -hmm. Um, instead of trying to see what you want them to be, see them exactly for who they are and leave their ass right there. That's yeah, that's it. Just because I haven't grown out of it yet. <laughs> but uh, this is advice, like, I guess, to myself. Mm-hmm. Like, when we listen to this in the future. Mm-hmm. Future Camilla, get, get your ish together. Um, let go. Honestly, it's okay. What happened, happened. You were a child back then. And like you said, take accountability. You know, I'm not getting younger. I'm getting older. Mm-hmm. And I need to learn how to be happy with or without my dad's approval. And it's okay that I didn't have a relationship with him because the relationship that my mom and I built made me into the woman that I am becoming now. Mm -hmm. So it's okay. So Camila, please please listen. (laughs) Let go. (laughs) (laughs) She kills me. Um, So for now, for a moment with that, I would say um, at least something that I would have told my younger self is that it's not my job to build that relationship because I feel like a lot of the times a child feels like, well, I should be the one, like, branching out and building this bridge. And it's like, no, sis, that's not your job. Mm-hmm. When it comes to, like, a parent-child, you are always going to be the child. Regardless of how old you get, you are the child in this situation. And um, don't say that you forgive them until you're really ready to forgive them. You know, because having that, like, that fake forgiveness, but then you still have like your resentment in your heart or you still, you're still angry. It's just going to make you angry. I was, I used to be so scornful, like just, I used to be such a terrible person, y'all. It's not even funny. For real, for real. <laughs> I, I wish you guys could have met me five years ago, but, um, I don't know if I want to meet Kayla. <laughs> no, I feel like y'all would not have liked me. Like, 
Probably not. <laughs> yeah, y'all would not have liked me for real, for real. Thank you, God. Oh, y'all get right with God. <laughs> because that's where everything really took a turn for me was when I became a kingdom kid and gave my life to Christ. But yeah, don't forgive until you're ready to forgive. And I think what Shanti says is probably the major key. Just accept people for who they are. Maya Angelou said it best. When someone shows you who they are, believe them. Mm-hmm. Don't be trying to change people. Don't be don't be making up fantasies in your head about like, oh, this is gonna be the day when my dad and like no sis, like accept the fact that this is what it is. And hopefully you know your self worth beyond needing other people to tell you who you are, who you're not. Because baby, your identity isn't Christ. And I'm a kingdom kid. Baby, I have a crown. So anyone that doesn't want to be attached to me doesn't need to be attached to me. Period. And yeah, so this episode was exactly what I thought it was going to be, which is dope. Dope and therapeutic. And I'm so happy that you guys came on here and shared your stories. Thank you so much because it is such a needed conversation that needs to be had. Definitely. Because father issues are a thing and they affect us differently. But look at us thriving, wanting to be different for our children, mm-hmm. wanting them to have something more, accepting things, mm-hmm. forgiving. That's dope. Mm-hmm. Round of applause for us because things we're doing, that, period. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you guys want to um, plug in your social media accounts? We can wrap up this episode. Yes. Um, I have my own podcast, Shanceology, about to end the last season, uh, the first season on December 28th. Um, but any other time, it's 11 a.m. every other Monday. Um, Shanceology is my IG, Shanci Sean John. Sean J. Johnson is my Facebook, and my Snapchat is ShanciJ88. You guys can follow me at Illuminati on all platforms and as well as Reclaiming My Power podcast. Um, and if you're not following Toxic Sister Gang, I need you to do that as well. We will be back in January when Achilles, uh, what is it called? Sabbatical. <laughs> Don't put me out there. <laughs> Social media sabbatical is done and unapologetically naughty as well, guys. Oh, I mean, I deleted my Instagram. <laughs> so y'all can follow me on Facebook, Camila Arcado. You guys want some bomb memes? Um, I got you on the plug. <laughs> She's real life silly, y'all. Well, you guys know you can follow me on Instagram at Amamawathe, which is the same on Facebook, and Twitter is underscore Akile. And like Dia said, follow the Toxic Sister Gang on Instagram if you're not already, because that heat is about to be on fire. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode if you want to share your story go ahead and slide into your girl dms period but not on like no sneaky link type stuff just (laughs) just on some daddy issues type stuff okay and that's all i have for you today so keep god first and go be great bye